Blog Talk Radio. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You want to do it with a motherfucking game? Hello? You play? You want to do it with a motherfucking game? You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. So, alright. That, that, that. That, that, that. This whole conversation bothers me. And it's that time of the year again, kids, where we are playing to win a motherfucking game. Welcome to What's Brewing in Football here on 100 Mix FM and the What's Brewing Sports Radio Network on Black Talk Radio. Um, Madison Miller is uh, our newest uh, host here here on uh, 100 Mix FM. I had to get a what's brewing in there. I'm so used to doing it. I almost said it first. Now, could you imagine, yeah. like, radio shows, like, hosts that, like, bounce around the country yard and are like, you're listening to Joe Schmo on W... Where the fuck am I? Two hours, football. Here we go. Where do we start, Madison? Do we start with the Giants last night, or do we want to save, like, a bigger segment for them? Um, it's your show. You can pick where you want to start. <laughs> okay. Well, it's our show. It's our show. And we all take our right. shows. But, like, but here's the thing. Like, I think let's get out of, like, the Jacksonville thing because cute story, nice, that's a terrible division. You know, and and here's the funniest part about what the Chiefs have done and never playing a home, never not playing a home playoff game. And God, I hope they don't, that streak continue, doesn't continue today where they have to play on the, like in the neutral site. Um, but like, here's my thing with this whole thing. The AFC West is trash. The AFC South is trash. The AFC North is just good enough that they'll destroy each other. NFL talks about parity? No, there's there's three teams that can win and everybody else is just like, eh. And then there's the crap. I mean the Jets. Am I wrong on that? Um, you're not, like, totally wrong. Um, I do agree that the AFC South was not very good this season and that's being very kind. Um, the AFC West, I think, was trash from, like, a depth standpoint this year. But the Chargers, they blew that game, obviously, with Jacksonville. But that's Chargers football in a nutshell. Like, they always blow those types of games. And then you're talking about the East um, with the Jets and everything. Um, that's a good what if with Mike White in there. And then, like, what if he stayed healthy? But that's just another conversation for another day. And then, Bengals-Bills should be an absolute dandy, but uh, the Chiefs, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they look um, as we go forward here in the next week, whether it's going to be uh, the Bills or the Bengals. So I'm really interested to see 
how this game plays out. And I'm not the biggest fan of the uh, Atlanta game. And what are your your thoughts on the Atlanta, uh, the possibility of that game being played in Atlanta, assuming that uh, it's Buffalo that moved on today? You know what's scary? Here's the thing that scares me with the Atlanta thing. If the NFL gets, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what the number is for that stadium, but let's just use seventy. If the NFL gets right. sixty, they're going to think this is a great idea, and we're going to have neutral site conference championship games. Like, London is going to get a conference championship game. The thought of that sounds ridiculous, London. As as stupid as it sounds, right? Right. The league can have perfect weather for championship weekend. This is what scares me with the NFL, is they're they're like Disney. They find ways to make money. Right. Like they find the dumbest ways to make money, and they yet they still do. I don't understand yeah. how they do it. But, like, they're going to take out of the tragedy of what happened to DeMar Hamlin three weeks ago and turn it into a cash cow for the league, which – you know, we'll have quarterbacks making $65 million in the next three years because, oh, look how much more revenue we'll make. We'll play the game on Mars. The NFL would play on Mars if they could because they would just be like, oh, we made money. I am Fuhrer Goodell. I know make money. But, but really, Madison, as stupid as it sounds, I'm rooting for chaos. Chaos is the Bills winning today. Chaos because then you have to play this game in because then you play this game in Atlanta. It does well. It sells tickets because people in Atlanta are horny for football. And what happens? They go, hmm. Next year, the conference championship games will be in Las Vegas and Indianapolis. Or they'll have one game in, like, I don't know where the Super Bowl is next year, right? I, I barely even know where it is this year. Because, well, this year it's Patriots in won. Arizona. All right. So it's in Arizona this year. Next year, I think it's Vegas. And I think Vegas Where's is next the, year. So. so two years, let's just say, like, in two years, it's in Miami. Miami's going to get a game. Because they're going to, you know, they don't want these problems that they had at MetLife Stadium. You know, like, all right, let's let's see how this works. And they'll be, you know, they won't have Radio Rose and stuff, but it will turn into, in my opinion, really, like, I honestly think it'll be the Super Bowl City will get one, the following year Super Bowl City will get one, and then a test market for the Super Bowl, get the other one. But Nashville hmm. will get one. We'll see about that. That's an interesting subplot to see if the league goes in that direction. Um, I don't know if I'd be a fan of that. I 
I mean, I do like Super Bowl at a neutral site. I mean, I know the last two Super Bowls, pretty much the host team had it, but that was just a coincidence with the Bucks two years ago and then last year at the Rams. But um, I do like the neutral site Super Bowl, but I don't know if I would like it for a conference championship game per se. I always like the uh, the home field thing. You work so hard for home field advantage in the uh, in your conference, so uh, you keep the uh, – the AFC and the NFC championship games at the uh, highest seeds home field, in my opinion. That's what I would do. But it'll be interesting to see if uh, this uh, if the Bills win today and uh, how that would go next week um, if they win and play the Chiefs in Atlanta. Yeah, I really off. So look at that. This is why I don't do show rundowns because I go off on tangents. Um, but no, but seriously, like, but that, but the thing that comes out of this whole thing is, there was a report yesterday that they're thinking about this, like substantiated reports from like, you know, I think, I want to say Glazer said it, but I I heard it and I said, oh, here it comes, and I just knew it. I knew the the NFL's been wanting to do this for years, and to me, what it does as somebody who like has in the family has giant season tickets, it further diminishes having season tickets. Yeah. You know, like, like your fans, bad weather in December in some places, Mason, bad weather for, you know, a divisional round game, which Kansas City was yesterday. I mean, it it was snowing before the game started. Right? And now you look at what could be, and you go, well, I, I buy season tickets, so I have the opportunity to get playoff tickets. Nobody buys season tickets to go, I want to go to every game, because nobody does. And the guys that do, God bless them. That you want to right. go and sit there and do all that every week. Like, I've done it, but I did it more for the tailgate than anything else. Right. Right. It's like a God bless you if you want to do that. God bless you if you want to go to 81 baseball games. God bless you if you want to go to 44 hockey games and, and, and all this stuff. But God bless you if you want to sit in stadiums that are open to – God bless you if you want to sit in the Meadowlands in November. Because let me tell you, that place sucks. It's cold. Yeah, that life – That life garbage. In, for the most part, in – bad weather yes like I don't mind sitting there watching a game in uh in nice fall weather but in the winter it sucks because it's cold I just like, like the cold I've weather been in there in August made. for I've been in there in August and it's and it, if it's windy it's it's torture but you know it, it's just yeah, cheap shot it we got one down that's one cheap shot at MetLife Stadium um but <laughs> But that, but that's what it, that's where they're going to go. I, I and I'm afraid that that's where they're headed. Unless somebody goes, no. Like, do you think Robert Kraft wants to give up the AFC Championship game? You think Jerry Jones? Oh, Jerry Jones never gets this, so it doesn't really freaking matter. But you think he he wants to give it up? One cheap shot, Cowboys. Um, but like these guys aren't going to want to give it up. Jeffrey Lurie's not going to want to give up the AFC. And the Howard right. situation is so, which is causing this. Right. Like, 
like we have a group chat of, of, of the What's Brewing cast. Right. And, like, everybody – I think, like, people wanted to say it, but, you know, because we have Bills fans in the chat, like, nobody wanted to say it out loud. Exactly. Like, we had, like – that was the night where the group chat was there, and then we had all off-shooting conversations going around amongst us. To the yeah. people that we trusted, that we knew wasn't going to come back into the group chat. <laughs> right, but group right. chat said, shut up. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't know what you say. Um, but really, like, if, if you really think about it, like, I've never seen that before. That's why I was, like, I was in the game when Graham broke his neck. Who didn't want to finish that game? I wanted to be with your teammate, and I get it. But that's where you're seeing the change in today's athletes. Exactly. Some guys are, I hate to say it, because of the situation, some guys are soft. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just don't, I get why they did it. But I don't like that they did it. Because now you have thrown chaos into everything. Yeah, you know, exactly. taking the second bye. Yeah, like it would have been the perfect thing to say. We're going to put a second. We're going to go back to the two bye weeks like we had in like the mid early nineties. Like, you know, it wouldn't kill you to start the season like Labor Day weekend. Like if you, you start the season, do. if you start the season Labor Day weekend, like that would have a lot of like implications because college football starts that weekend too, and I don't think that um, they would want the two um, two sports starting the same weekend. I mean, I don't know if that was the case like pre nine eleven if the two sports started the same weekend because I know the NFL after nine eleven pushed back at start of the season to the weekend after Labor Day weekend. So I don't know if that was the case pre-9-11. Well, let's, let, let's remember, that was kickoff weekend, the 10th, or the 9th and 10th. Yeah. So they had played, like the Giants had played the Monday night before September 11th, um, which is a lot of reasons why a lot of guys were, people were late that day. Um but I, I don't know when they made that switch. And, I, and honestly, I, I never understood why they made that switch. Because I, I really thought they could have done something. You know, like, I, I think you can, especially if you want to go to 18 games at some point. You're going to have to make it um, a second bye week. Because... Just too many injuries. Um, right. Um, we'll get back. We'll come back. We'll do more of uh, – we'll break down the games um, right after this uh, short timeout. 100 Mix FM, the best mix of the biggest hits from the 80s, 90s, 2K, and today. All right, we are live here on What's Brewing in Football on 100 Mix FM, live-ish, 
Life's a tape. I think we're doing, we're calling this. Um, all right. So Jacksonville, Kansas City, really, it was a game for, I don't know, the first half, I think, in my opinion. Like, I, Jacksonville just showed that, hey, we were happy to be here. Right. One of the, um, mind you, you know, it's the game became interesting when Mahomes got his ankle rolled. And Shefty's reporting today that MRI was done. It's just a high ankle sprain. I don't know. You know, to me, I look at, I try to compare sports to sports because of things. When Kurt Schilling had the bloody sock, the fact that the first two Yankees that came off the bat didn't bunt and make him feel the ball, feel the ball to test that ankle out. Why did Jacksonville Jaguars, who have spent money upon money upon money on the defensive line, did not blitz? and get him off the spot and make him move. And, and he was comfortable. And that offensive line, they, and the Chiefs have spent a ton of money on that offensive line. But he didn't look uncomfortable for the rest of the game. He comes back after halftime, and you're like, eh, that third all shot work. Yeah, like Mahomes. He didn't even want to come out of the game in the first place. He was forced to get removed by Chad Henney for, like, the – I'd say the most of the second quarter, and then he's back on the field after halftime. And I had a feeling he was going to come back in the game after halftime. I just knew. It was a playoff game. Mahomes was, like – I'm staying out there. Like, he was just motivated to stay out there. And they must have just did a good job at halftime, like, uh, uh, fixing up that uh, ankle. But – What's good for the Chiefs and Mahomes' sake now is that they have an extra day of rest before they uh, um, either go to Atlanta to play the Bills or host the Bengals. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how uh, Mahomes looks uh, next week. Yeah, and, it, it's, and, and to me with the, with the whole Mahomes injury, the worst thing that can happen, like in, in the moment you can get through it as somebody who's had, you know, reconstructive ankle surgery and, and everything. Once when you get it loose, it's fine. The problem that's gonna have for Mahomes is when it gets stiff. Like today it's stiff as hell. Right? He's gonna be taking treatment all week. He's gonna be saying hello to like the nice uh tens unit for most of the week. Um But at some point, that thing's going to get stiff, right? And I've had it. I had it this summer where you take like one wrong step, and the next thing you know is, man, that ankle locks like a like a safe. And there ain't enough on this planet to get it loose until you know it just wants to get loose, and, and that's a, and that's a shame because. He is one of the talents of this league. Probably the best quarterback in the league. I mean, you could argue um, 
some other guys for the best quarterback, but for me right now, Mahomes is the uh, the guy right now, the number one quarterback in the entire league. Because Brady, I think, has fallen off. Rodgers has fallen off. Um, people think that Joe Burrow's on the comeback, do I? But to me, it's Mahomes that it's the cream of the crop right now, and um, he's just the warrior. Like we, I just alluded to earlier, how uh, he just wanted to stay out there. Yeah, and kudos to him because he knows, because he doesn't, that would become part of the legacy. He's hurt, you know, that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, that ankle was shot. You know, we see a guy like Steph Curry in in the NBA who's had ankle problems his entire career, it feels like, right? Right. At some point, like, you got to pay the piper on this stuff. And, um. He's, you know, if he had gone out of another playoff game because of an ankle, oh, can you hear them now? Like, you can almost hear it now. Like, oh, he's, you know, he's injury prone. Like, he'll never get the injury from because he plays through it. But at some point, that you know, and the thing with the Chiefs is, when you look at them, are they as talented this year as they were last year offensively? Yeah. I would say no. I would say yes, because he's there. As long as he's there, they're True. as talented as they're going to be. Like, and that's, this is when I hear fans of teams, oh, he doesn't have any weapons. But outside of Kelsey, who had any continuation there? Right, like you look at at the Chiefs, and it's you know MVS is there. He wasn't there last year. Juju was there. He's not wasn't there last year. Isaiah Pacheco wasn't there last year. And then you just look at them and go, they're the same offense. It's plug and play. Yeah. You know, okay, we got this. We got this. We're cool. As long as he's there, we're fine. They I don't want to see Chad Henney. That, yeah, nobody wants to see Chad Henney. All due respect, but nobody wants to see Chad Henney. But the reason why I say that they, on paper, I don't think they're as talented because of the loss of Tyree Kill, but those other guys have fit in really nicely, and I feel like a lot of those guys get hurt a lot too, like the MVSs of the world, then the Juju's and the Kadarius Tony, like guys like that always get hurt. It feels like, and they didn't even have Miko Hardman yesterday either, but they didn't need him yesterday. Um, but against a team like the Bengals or the Bills, um, that might be a different story rather than a, a weaker Jacksonville team. You know, and, and you really think about this whole situation, right? Like Jacksonville is on the up and come, right? Like they're going to be there. They're going to, they're going to be there because that division is okay. It stinks. It sucks on ice, but at some point they got to figure out in in that, that division has to figure out what are we doing here? 
Like, really, what are we doing here? Like, what is our – Tennessee, as, as great as Derrick Henry is, they need a quarterback. Malik Willis isn't the guy. Right? Like, they are – Indianapolis can't find a quarterback. Ew. It's it's ugly. And then we'll see it's about ugly. Houston. Yeah, what's Houston going to do? They obviously have the second pick in the draft. You would think that they would they have an eyes on a quarterback, Alabama's Bryce Young or Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. But, I mean, already, if you're them, do you trade up to one to take one of those guys? If you're Chicago, you're trading down. Because you could trade down the two and still get Will Anderson or something like that, assuming that you keep Justin Fields around. I would keep Justin Fields if you're the Bears, so that's another story for another day. But depending on what Houston does in the draft, so a quarterback they take and how that quarterback develops, that could be another potential challenger in the AFC South long-term. But I look at that division as Jacksonville's division long-term, like how I look at the AFC South, or I'm sorry, the AFC North, say that Cincinnati's division right now. I look at the same way as Jacksonville. I just think Jacksonville needs to make some improvements, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, and and you look how much like draft capital they've invested on the defensive side of the ball. You look at just their whole situation there. You know, and it's they're moving in the right direction. Doug Peterson was a great hire. You just hope that Shad Khan stays out of it because that was a problem in the, the Tom Coughlin years when they were on the up and up, when they were on the upswing. He stepped in and said, oh, if you don't want to play for him, fine. You know, it, it, yeah. it's, sometimes owners just need to stay the hell away from the football operations and and, and do all that fun stuff. Yeah, and Shad Khan, to me, is one of the uh, not-so-great owners in the league. And for this year, for the most part, he stepped, he stayed away. But to be fair, he had to step in last year because of how bad Urban Meyer was. I mean, so you got to give him some credit for uh, realizing the mistake they made with Urban Meyer and going to get Peterson, who obviously uh, what we think right now was a great hire. Yeah. I think the Urban Meyer part of this was it, it, it's just like when Nick Saban got hired by the Dolphins and Bobby Petrino got hired by the Falcons. You look at these guys who are great. You have great college coaches, right? And then you get them to the NFL. And, you know, I think, I think one of the things that, like, you know, I, I always credit, like, Mike Krzyzewski for. Yes. That Lakers job was, you know, it was pretty damn good. It would have paid him a lot of money. <clears throat> but will his talent as a head coach translate to the NFL? You know, when you're in charge of scholarships every year, like, and that's the one thing, like, people don't understand. A college scholarship is not a four-year ride. It is a one-year ride. They could tell you at the end of the one year, yeah, we're going in another direction. 
You know, and then everybody, oh, they, 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 didn't prom- they promised them a year. They renew scholarships every year in college. That, that's how that works. Urban Meyer didn't have that same gravitas because the guys on the team making more money than him. And that, that becomes a problem. It really does. All right. We'll take a pause for the cause, as a, the, my uh, our good friend Mike Looper says here, or Michael J. Radio. Um, we'll be back with more of What's Brewing Football right after this. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces. Just by giving her a bear hug, she masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All right, we're back here on What's Brewing in Football on 100 Mix FM. Madison's a Giant fan. Giants went down to Philly last night, brought Eli Manning with them, and it didn't go the way they wanted to. It went kind of the way that we go. The December 11th game, we'll just go with that because I don't remember weeks anymore because there's too many damn weeks in the NFL. Um, Madison, the floor is yours. Okay. I'm a Giants fan, as uh, most people that uh, know me know. Um, expected the Eagles to win last night, but I expected the game to be closer, just assuming that the Giants um, guys that were injured in that Eagle Week 14 game on December 11th, those guys came back, Leonard Williams, Xavier McKinney, and um, the Dory Jackson were all out for that game. And then they all played last night, but it didn't matter um, – Jalen Hurts looked like the guy that was running away with the MVP for most of the season. 
Lane Johnson being back for Philly was a big deal. Daniel Jones looked awful. The Giants' offense looked awful. And um, um, great season for the Giants overall, but um, a lot to uh, look forward to in the future. Um, George and I may disagree on some things regarding the Giants, which is going to be very interesting. Um, and there's people in the group chat that George alluded to earlier that um, share some of the same opinions as I do, but it's all a mixed bag right now in terms of like what I think about the Giants and going forward. But I am proud of the year that they had, even though last night um, was bad withstanding, but winning a playoff game on the road at Minnesota and um, being a playoff team, let alone is not something I expected in August. I predicted that they, I think I said 12 or six and 11 before the season I had them in last, but I am so glad to be wrong. And I'm, I'm happy that, the Giants play in the in the postseason, and now next year they're going to have big expectations, which is not great. I do not like when a team I root for has high expectations because sometimes they fail to live up to them, and then the pressure is going to be on them. But um, uh, now a lot of questions have to be answered in the Giants' offseason. A ton of free agents, including Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence on the defensive side of the ball. And it's going to be interesting uh, what they do this offseason. Yeah, I don't think I expected it. I The, the two games the Giants played with the Eagles were both December, January, right? So, like, you didn't catch the Eagles early when they were kind of all and rolling. They kind of caught them the second time when Hertz was coming back and they didn't get the Gardner Minshew days of – um, everything going on there. Uh, but I didn't see what I was expecting. Like, I, you didn't get the Giants. I kind of thought they showed up to the game got punched in the mouth and said, oh, I ain't doing this shit. We're, we're, you know. I think the first drive was moving. I think they were going to go downfield and score the first drive, and then chains broke, and it took all the momentum from them, right? And then it was just like, eh, eh. Going for it on a fourth down where they went for it. I get it. You know, the, the, the analytics say you don't want to go for it here because it's, it's a long kick and it's a hard punt. But try to put them back deep. Like, it had all the reminiscence to me of, like, Super Bowl 35. Like, you put their offense on the field, and it's like, why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Um, you know, and so try to be nice, right? Like, I'm trying to do – I'm trying not to say it. I'm of the school that until you find your quarterback, you draft until you find them. No. Um, that Jones came a long way this year because he had good coaching for the first time in a long time. That's not to take anything away. And I know we all, we both disagree on Joe judge and I have my reasons for it mainly because I'm a Patriot fan and Joe judge was a hell of a, Hell of a coordinator for New England. 
um, a special teams coordinator. But in saying that, I thought at one point, I, I, I thought last night you saw the Giants that you expected to see all year. Like, that was the giant team that you saw last year or this year play against better teams. And that's, and that's not to take anything, like I said, like you said, it's not to take anything away from, from the season they had. But... I think it opens up more questions than it answered questions. Am I wrong? Um, you're not wrong in some degree. Um, I want to criticize somebody that is very well known in New York in a couple of seconds because uh, he made a very cryptic comment on Twitter. I want to call him out. We'll save that for a second. And it's somebody I think that, um, We've talked about a lot on what's brewing in the past, but we'll save that. But um, I do think that there's some questions, especially after last night. And for me, I'm more concerned about the defense and, like, the front seven, especially in the linebackers. Like, they need to address that area. That can't be overstated. Um, And especially against the good teams, like you said, their defense, even against Minnesota, like, they didn't get – that many big stops against Minnesota. They got the big stop at the end of the game when it mattered, but like their linebackers were just awful. And that's an, I think that's probably their biggest team weakness. I mean, people are going to say wide receiver, but I think they have to address the, uh, the linebacking corps. I think that was like my big takeaway from last night in terms of a problem that this team has like long-term, they need like a, a Micah Parsons type of, uh, linebacker or uh, somebody like in that ilk and they obviously passed on Micah Parsons that's another rant for another day in the Gettleman era but the person I want to criticize is Mike Francesa did you see what he tweeted last night I heard he was running his mouth last night he was running his mouth and I was pissed off about it um he he I'm going to paraphrase what he said um he said that this season he pretty much said that this season isn't one to really remember anymore because of how it ended. I mean, like, is, is he watching the Giants or is he watching the Yankees get swept by Houston? You could say that about the Yankees getting swept by Houston in baseball, but the Giants were not supposed to be good this year, Mike Francesa. Like, come on. That really pissed me off last night that Francesa, like, pretty much um, said this season, like, the pretty much said that, like, the season was irrelevant because of how it ended. I I don't like him saying that. I think it's – Jesus, it's Francesa. What do you expect? Um, remember who Francesa holds the water for. That guy right. is a water carrier for John Merrick. I've said, I, I've said since the day it happened. There's no way on God's green earth that the Giants would have ever benched Eli Manning if Francesa was still on the radio. Because even Mara knew that they couldn't, uh, that if they did it with with him, 
it wouldn't have went well. Um, so, you know, I, that sounds more Mara than anything else. Like Mara's really at this point now trying to turn, uh, I hate to say it. I, I honestly think the Giants want to sort of move on from the quarterback up in the press box or in the owner's box, and this is the way to start doing it. Like, oh, Francesca. But you know what? Francesca, now that he doesn't have the platform that platform that he had, right? Like, he's not on anymore. Nobody cares about what Mike Francesca has to say anymore. So how does he stay relevant? He says, dumb. You know, he just says, dumb shit. Really, like, he really does. Like, it's just, here's Mike, he's going to say something dumb. And there you go. I got you nothing else, man. I really don't. You did make a good point with the uh, the Eli thing, and I forgot there was bad blood between the Giants and Fred Sessa. So, um, of course, he's yep. going to take the shot at him when he can. Isn't he a Jet fan, too? No, Mike's a giant fan. Mike, is, you oh, could say anything you want about Mike. Mike is a giant fan. All right, and he, I know he's Mike a is fan. a yeah. Mike is a trident. Well, Mike's a giant fan because Mike's old enough to be okay. a giant fan. Like he's older, you know. But like, if you've ever, you know what? What furthered that for me was when they did that. Um, Francesa, when Francesa and Dog did uh, the 30 for 30, and John Mara was on, was on there, and um, he said, um, you know, oh, me and my dad, we would drive home and, and listen to this and listen to Mike all the time. And I'm going, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Like at some point, <laughs> you know, you just kind of have to look at it and go, Hmm. So what are you trying to say here? You know, I, I just think that's one of those things where, yeah, I think that's what it is. I'm sure they weren't. I'm, I know. I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you they weren't thrilled with how everything went. And you know, this, this is what you got to. You know, they, they. Um, You know that that's where I am with that. Like it's to me, it's boy. Uh, yeah, I, it's sad. Like I'm trying to like come up with how to say it without saying it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, but no, I, I look. I think, I think in the Giants' position that they're in now, I honestly, at some point, would have to think you have to start talking about the quarterback position, right? Like, and I really do believe that. See, like, I hate saying this, right? Because, like, I think he's going to be fine. I think he would be fine. But I think the Giants just have to figure out what they're going to do. Right. You know, I, I think... I, I'm trying like not. I'm trying to find what to say. Like I think I'm not of the belief that Daniel Jones is an NFL quarterback. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a winning NFL quarterback. You know, like, I, I just think he's got, he's got, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I want to say he's got issues. I, th- I think he's got, I think he's got characteristics that I don't want in a quarterback. And unfortunately, they're there. And I don't know if you're going to change those. You mentioned Daniel Jones um, and how you were, like, in the camp that you don't think he's a, a real NFL starter. I felt that way a year ago. But, like, as the season went on, the, I mean, I think that I understood how bad Joe Judge and Pat Shermer were. I knew they were bad, but I didn't realize, like, how truly awful they were at um, at their jobs and developing. And – and then Dayball shows up, and uh, I think that he motivated Jones, and I think that Jones got better as the season progressed. I mean, I remember there was a game where uh, Dayball was, like, yelling at Daniel Jones earlier in the season. I think it was that Monday night game against the Cowboys. It was the third game of the season, the first game that they lost all year. And then, mm-hmm. like, they go in London and beat Green Bay. It turned out to be uh, an overrated Green Bay team, and then they beat – what I think was probably the best team they beat in all season, the Ravens, and that was with Lamar Jackson. And now the what if of the AFC is if Lamar plays in that Bengals game, they probably win that game, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I was at like I was at that 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 um, the Raven game, and I thought the stadium was was behind them. Right, like I thought the fans were behind the Giants that day for seeing Giant Stadium in, in a very long time. But they was also, you know, coming off of you know, uh, the win in London and it was and all that stuff. So I just kinda I like I see I think Baltimore is flawed. 
right? Like, I really do think Baltimore is flawed. But to say that means that you have to figure out why they're flawed. And I think they're flawed because I don't think they have an NFL quarterback. Right? Like, I, I just think he is – I think he's a very good college quarterback that they've run a college offense for. And now you're losing – and you hire the coordinator. And if you saw I, – I liken him to Kaepernick, right? Like, Kaepernick, he lost Greg Roman, and they said, well, we're going to play an NFL offense. Kaepernick's magic and luster left him. Right. Does that happen with Lamar? Like, here's the problem. Like, Lamar, this is the problem that that they're going to have with Baltimore, right? Not, you know, and this is the problem the Giants are going to have, too. So I could, I could work it both ways. When you have to run a college offense to satisfy your quarterback, it's not good because you don't have a backup that can play here. Like you need a you need to have a quarterback who can complement your starter in case your starter gets hurt. And we saw that with the Giants last year. Like the Giants' biggest problem last year, and what which ultimately cost Joe Judge's job, was that John Mara decided that he wanted to have Mike Lennon as a backup, and Chris Mara wanted to have Mike Lennon as a backup. Everybody in the world knew that was a bad idea, except for John Mara and Chris Mara. Here's going to be the problem with with Jones. Next year, you're going to play, I'd say, but you're going to have a real schedule next year. All right, like this year, yeah. Right, like this year, they kind of got, yeah, like, you know, like, Next year, you got Los Angeles, Seattle, Patriots, the Jets, Green Bay, Arizona. They could be a dumpster fire. San Francisco, we know they're not going to be a dumpster fire. Miami and Buffalo, the Saints, and the Raiders. The Raiders aren't going to be a, a, a dumpster fire next year. Right, the Raiders. I think the Raiders are, are the Raiders. Like to me, are an unknown going into the next year. I feel like they're they're kind of in that same boat as the Giants. They're a little bit of like an unknown going into the next season to me. Yeah, because why? Because they don't have, um, you don't know who their quarterback's going to be, right? Right. Where when you look at, like the like you look at the Giants, I think, in my, I, I think. I think Jones played well enough this year to play himself into a contract. I don't think it should be a long-term contract. Right? Like, I, I think at some point you got to figure out what you want to do with him. The, tag, the problem with Olamar, with <laughs> the problem with Deshaun Watson's contract is, is that it, it completely made the quarterback market and the the tag number ridiculously high, right? Giant right. salary cap wise, 
um, for next year. Let me pull up spell check here because I should have thought about this before I even said anything. Um, because I'm stupid and I think my brain thinks faster and I actually work. Um, if you look at what the Giants are going to have next year, salary cap wise, they had to get out of the stupidity that they had going into it, right? Into this year. But like Leonard Williams is a $32 million cap hit next year. Kenny Galladay is a $21 million cap hit next year. His dead cap hosts June 1st, which is when they'll cut him, is 7.9. Dory Jackson is a $20 million cap hit. 7.8 post June 1st. Dexter Lawrence isn't going anywhere. Andrew Thomas isn't going anywhere. Mark Lewinsky, yeah. Thibodeau's not going anywhere. Tyrod Taylor's post-June 1st is 4.1. He's not going anywhere because, you know, he's a good backup. He's a good guy in the room. Um, you know, picking 26, they're going to have a cap hit of 2.5 on their first-round pick. You know, and then they got their dead cap is 3.8 right now. They're, so they're going to have roughly $52 million available. Well, if you pay Jones 30 of it, that's 22 If you pay Saquon, that's, that's it's gone. Not to say that they're not going to cut it. You know, it's not to say that there's not going to be other guys they can get rid of or right, move on from. Um, right. They still have questions. Like, they still have a lot of bad numbers on that cap. Yeah, a ton of bad Shepherds numbers on the cap. Galladay, Shepard. I think Shepard and Galladay are probably two candidates to get caught. I mean, Shepard because um, he never stays on the field, and Galladay was just a bad signing by Gettleman, and um, that opens up some cap room. I think, personally, I think Jones and Saquon are both back, and one of them is going to get franchise tagged. Dexter Lawrence, I think, is the most likely to walk. If they're, if one of those three isn't back next year, I think the most likely to leave is Dexter Lawrence because he's a uh, free agent as well, unless they franchise him somehow. But you have one tag, so that's um, a bit of an issue. They have three important guys that I think have to be back. But if you ask me, I'm going to say the two um, – I'm going to say Jones and Saquon are back, and Dexter Lawrence to me is a little bit of an unknown whether – he's back or not. But the good thing for the Giants, as you mentioned, is that they have a lot of cap room, but they can open up even more if they get rid of Galladay, Shepard, and maybe, like, I mean, I would hate to get rid of a Dory Jackson, but that might be a, a cap casualty. Yeah, you know, but, like, you you look at the Giants, right? They're big free agents next year. Or Darius Slayton, you're not keeping him. Or you might. No. Julian Love. Saquon and Daniel Jones. And according to Spotrack, they're saying that uh, the market value for Jones is twenty-five, a twenty-five million dollar average. Saquon's a twelve million dollar average. Or actually, Jones is closer to twenty-six. So we're ramping up. Saquon's twelve. Julian loves eight. Slayton's four. 
That's the problem I have with the Giants. It's at some point they have to get out of the cap hell that they're in. And how do you start getting rid of it? Drafting 26 isn't exactly the greatest thing to do to draft a quarterback. Oh, it's, a, it's that time of the year. There's already mock drafts. Mock drafts. Just, you know, Jeremiah, this is all he does for NFL Network. Right. Does a quarterback fall to 26 and restart the clock? Like, that's the thing. Like, if a quarterback can fall to 26 or you can – of course, the day of the Patriots drafting a quarterback. Uh, let's see. Who's the other Giants draft? Jordan Addison, the wide receiver. That's the guy I want them to draft. That's so funny. That's the guy I have in my mind, a, like, perfect Giant guy. Like, I know I just said that they need a linebacker badly. But I, um, but Jordan Addison, I think, makes a lot of sense. You could just sign a linebacker in free agency if you want. But I don't know who's a free agent on the top of my head that's a, a above-average linebacker. But you can always get a receiver in free agency, though. But, like, my ideal, like, guy for them to draft is uh, Jordan Addison out of SC. That's my favorite receiver in the draft. Yeah, but here's the thing, like, even with, like, linebackers, right? You got a really good defensive coordinator and a guy that came from Buffalo, Buffalo or Baltimore. Those guys, they find, they can find guys. And now that you got a halfway, you have a competent GM and you got an owner that's staying the hell out of everything, right? At some point, you can just find guys. Just sorry. Jermaine Edmonds is a free agent. If they don't lock him up. Yeah, there, there's going to be guys available. But you know what? You can draft a linebacker in the third or fourth round. You don't have to draft. You don't have to use high draft capital on linebackers. There were a dime a dozen especially when you need to start getting them in fit. You know, what fits the Giants? All right. Top of the hour. Two shows flying by. We'll be back in two after this on the 100 Mix FM. Yes. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance. Care for your own physical and mental well-being and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. 
a public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council. All right, class, let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak tree. It was at least a hundred years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this huge rock and saw all of these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him at the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig fort for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? (laughs) Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ag Council. Brewing in football here on 100 Mix FM. George Brew, Madison Miller here. Getting you set for kickoff of your favorite team's game uh, this weekend in NFL, not super divisional round because we don't have any adjectives for this. Or I'm really upset that there's no Nickelodeon game and that they moved it to Christmas. I really wanted Slime Zone and all that stuff. and But, yeah, here we are. Um well, save the big game for last. Uh, Niners, Cowboys. Speaking of Nickelodeon games, Madison, you see how good I am at this? Last year's Slime Time Live game in the, the wild card round, uh, Divisional Round, whatever friggin' round it was last year. Um, Niners, Cowboys, and are you ready to be a Brock star? <laughs> A Brock star. That's a good segue. I love it. Thank you. Don't worry. On the uh, George Brew uh, music program coming up after, or after this on um, 100 Mix FM, uh, I guarantee you rock star plays just because of that great segue I just did. <laughs> Get a squeeze some nickel back in. As I can. Yep. Okay. Let's figure this. Let's do this. Um, I really like. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan in big games, but this isn't a big game. You know, like this isn't like a big like. All right, they're playing the Cowboys. Great. Doesn't mean I trust. Mike McCarthy not to do anything stupid. I can really see. What? What am I what can I really see here? I can really see the Niners offense just taking it to Dallas. I know Dallas's defense is good with Micah Parsons, who, God, Johnny should have drafted. Good job, John Mara. 
Um, but when I look at this this game, San Francisco is so talented offensively that as long as Brock doesn't poop the bed, I think they're going to be fine. I'm with you. What do you um, think? I, I'm totally with you. I love San Francisco today. Um, I have San Francisco minus three and a half as a bet for this game. I have a future, like a three-way future. Um, I have a Super Bowl champion future with the, my uh, NBA champion pick and a Stanley Cup champion pick. The other two I'll, uh, I'll share with you off the air, but part of this big uh, three-way parlay I have for uh, champions. I have the 49ers in there, five to one with two other teams from uh, the NBA and NHL respectively. So um, I have a lot riding on this game. So what I also did from a betting standpoint, I I hedged it a little bit and did Dallas up to 10 and a half because I think this is a single-digit game. I think the Niners win this game by like seven, if I had to guess. So I took the Cowboys up to 10 and a half. I just don't see this being a double-digit game. The Cowboys can backdoor them easily or or uh, get a touchdown in garbage time and make it single digits like Jacksonville did yesterday against Kansas City. So I did Cowboys 10 and a half, like plus 10 and a half with um, – I took the over from I think it was 46 and a half down to 44 and a half, and then I did um, like anytime touchdown Brandon Ayuk, and then I did like an alternate passing yards for Brock Purdy. And – I love Brock Purdy. I think he's going to have another big day today. I mean, no Anthony Brown in the Cowboys secondary. Um, the Cowboys can get to uh, the quarterback. I think that the, the Niner offensive line outside of Trent Williams is not great, which makes me a little nervous. And that's where um, Micah Parsons can come into play here. But I, I think that this is going to be a – a fun game, but uh, I'm with you. I, I think San Francisco rolls, but um, I should say that rolls, rolls, but like they did against Seattle, but they should uh, win by at least seven, eight points, I would say. And um, I'm I'm excited for this one. I really, really am. You know, here's one of those, those sad part, sad things that I, I fall into with this game. Both co- both coaches are dummios. Mike McCarthy's oh my god, and that guy didn't win in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, it's funny. Like when when Mike Tomlin had all the problems with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And like, oh, how the hell does he deal with this? How the hell does he deal with this? And then you found out like that a a b was a lunatic, and and Le'Veon Bell was a lunatic, and you're like. God, that guy should be coaching the year every year just for getting them guys to the field on Sunday. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that big of a pain in the ass. Right? I, I just don't think he is. But Mike McCarthy sits here and goes into Dallas and he you know, he leaves Green Bay and all this fun stuff. And it's you didn't win at Green Bay, even though you probably should have won more. Right? Like you're the best quarterback in, in the NFC. And you're kind of the reason you held them back. So that's that's one part of this. 
Kyle Shanahan authored the single greatest blow-up in the Super Bowl ever. Yeah, I said it. Right? Like, he coached them, and they blew it against the Patriots, right? Like, he, he just, he's like, I'm going to do what I do. You're dope for doing it. Run the football. Oh, but, you know, nobody realizes the Patriots, outside of, like, three or four runs. I remember doing, like, a show right after that Super Bowl. And, you know, and everybody, oh, they should have ran the football. Yeah, but did you look at what they ran the ball? Oh, they had those, yeah, they had, like, three big runs in that game. Other than that, everything else was, like, two yards or less. That's not what they do. Kyle Shanahan now, if he doesn't run the football with CMC, really John Lynch needs to start looking for a new head coach. They can't blow this one. And when it comes down to two dummy-o coaches, I go with the quarterback, and, and Brock Purdy, to me, Right now, is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. And I'm not the world's largest Dak Prescott fan either. Let's let's just say that. So I, I think he's overrated because he plays for the Cowboys, and if he was anywhere else, he's probably not playing. And when he's had good years, Zeke's been healthy. And now they have Zeke and Pollard, and what do you do there? But their defense has been suspected. Suspect lately, that team they played to to get here, that's not that one isn't Tom Brady, and I don't think Tom Brady's on the backside of his career. I just think he had terrible coach like that. That just proved that terrible coaching can make Tom Brady look human. You know, I bet you he's looking for a mean tweet now and then again from Belichick. Um. No, but San Francisco, I we I kind of like remember like maybe like week five, week six going. Maybe this trade Lance idea wasn't such a great idea. And then Jimmy plays, and you're like, oh, competency at the quarterback position. And then Jimmy gets hurt because you know, like Tweeter getting drunk, Jimmy gets hurt is you know what he does. And then you're like, oh, they're screwed. And then Brock Purdy comes in, and I'm like, oh, God, I've seen this movie before. Please don't tell me they're going to win six times in the next 20 years. Late-round pick, should have been picked higher, but he played, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Christ. You know what? Like, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, the Niners are fine, and, and, man, they have so much talent on offense. You know, it's just like, you know, like one of our one of our friends in the group chat the last night said they um Yeah, you know, the Giants should trade Barkley for all for CMC Hall. Well CMC has what, six years left on a contract. Or whatever crazy number that is. Like he has terms. That's why they were able to get the hall they are they were for him. But you also need a team that's ready to win now and needs that guy. And and what he's done grasping that offense has been nothing short of amazing. Um, yeah, I think that I, I, that game starts, you know, or when you listen to this, it may be on, or you may have missed it. Or hell, maybe it doesn't make this doesn't make the network, and we just figure it out for next week. Uh, we'll leave it here. Um, yeah, that's probably what we're going to do because I'm going to be lazy and not put it up. Um, but no, but in but in all honesty, it's um, 
kind of what we do, kind of how that's going to go, in my opinion. All right. Let's do it. It's time for the main event of the weekend. We all sat down on the day after New Year's after we watched the Winter Classic and the Rose Bowl to watch Bengals-Bills, the hope that somebody can dethrone Kansas City so we don't have to hear about Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's fat walrus self anymore. And then not even a quarter into it, DeMar Hamlin was injured on the football field. And the game stopped. And life kind of stopped for everybody in the sports world. I think if that game finishes, this game is in Cincinnati today. Absolutely. I agree. I picked Cincinnati to win that game on January 2nd. I'll never forget where I was and what I was doing when the unfortunate incident happened to uh, DeMar Hamlin. I was watching the game when it happened because I was so invested and I said, I think this is a big game and, I'm looking forward to it, to AFC powerhouses, and I picked Cincinnati to win the game. I think I had money on Cincinnati, and they were a dog in the game, too, and they were home. Joe Burrow was moving the ball in that Bills defense, which I think is vulnerable, and then the tragedy mm-hmm. happened, and um, and now here we are uh, several weeks later with the game being played in Buffalo rather than Cincinnati. And, and what we get to with this is, it, it's everybody's worst fear. Right? I believe Dan Patrick said it like years ago. Why is why is boxing not popular anymore in the UFC? Is nobody's died in the UFC ring? If he had if he had ultimately passed away on that field, people wouldn't be watching the NFL right now because they'd be like, oh my god, and it would take people normalcy. I'm going to say this, and I don't know if this is true, and I don't know if they're going to do it, but can you just feel that Buffalo is going to do it today? Damar Hamlin's walking out on that field for the coin toss. Damar Hamlin might be in the building, but I don't know if the Bills are going to actually win this game or not. I did not like Oh, I don't think they're going to win this game or not. I don't think they're going to win this game. I'm just saying – do you not see him coming on that field? Oh, I think he'll be at the game. Like, he's afterwards. going to be on that field. I think you have the defending AFC cha- AFC champions who kind of scuttled at the beginning of the year, kind of had to find their footing, lost Jamar Chase, kind of hurt them a little bit. And then – they got right. They had they had a couple get right games at the end of the year, and that's all you need usually. Um, to me, um, at some point, I, I they're they're playing that underdog well, underdog role really well. You know, we get no respect. They sound like Ronnie Dangerfield. You know, and. And I think 
at this point, they're going to be, hmm, what do you do? If you're, I, I think, I, I don't know what happened to Buffalo in the last three weeks, but this Josh Allen chucking duck shit doesn't work for me. You know, he did it against the Patriots, and the Patriots didn't have all their, their better um, defensive players on the field. But this chuck and duck shit against good teams is going to end. And it damn near cost them against the Dolphins. You're right. It almost did cost them against the Dolphins. And to me, the what if of that game is if Tua's playing instead of Skylar Thompson. If Tua's playing in that game instead of Skylar Thompson. Miami probably wins that game. But then again, if um, Jalen Waddell caught some passes, maybe uh, Miami wins too. That game was a lot closer than anticipated, and that's why I do um, think that Buffalo's in trouble today. And it's not because Josh Allen's turning the ball over. It's because of their defense. They miss Von Miller. They miss Micah Hyde in the secondary. And they – I just don't think that they can uh, can cover Jamar Chase and uh, T. Higgins, and even Joe Mixon. Yeah, and you look at like what T. Higgins was able to do, and what they were able to do in that in that in the abbreviated you know <laughs> warm up game that they played for today, a couple weeks ago. They were killing them over the middle. You know. They, Zach Taylor is why at some point you have to sit there and go, I'm going to have faith in the guy. I'm going to have faith that he gets it right. I'm going to have faith that we know what we're doing here as a team. And they have to let a coach coach. Let him get his players in. Don't count out to the media that says, oh, you got to fire this guy. you got to fire this guy. Anytime you fire a coordinator, it's a precursor to the head coach being fired, right? The Jets have put Robert Sala on notice by firing Michael Ford. I don't know what Zach Taylor was able to do in Cincinnati, but he convinced them, hey, give me a chance. I'll make it up to you. And sure enough, he did. Good for him. Good for him, good for them, because that's how they're going to – now you've got the quarterback installed, and and he's he's all world. Got swagger. I mean, the guy was the last his last for his game in um, LSU. They have to figure out in Buffalo, and I know this may sound blasphemous to Bills fans. Hmm. Is he the guy long? 
Is your coach the coach long term? Is your quarterback the coach long? The guy is your quarterback the guy long term? Because what I've seen in the last month, month and a half from him, is the guy pre Dable getting there and changing him around. Where you go? I don't know about this guy. He makes a lot of dumb decisions. And Dable has now created two quarterbacks where are going to get paid and should be given that guy, he, he should be getting agent fees. They spent a ton of money on the offense and they neglected to spend it on the defense. Diggs makes him look great because Diggs can make all, make all the catches. But in saying that, and I would never put this in our group chat, Madison, because I don't know what hell would rain down on me. Huh, right. Maybe he's not the guy. Maybe he's Maybe he's Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna be a great regular season quarterback. But when it comes down to nut cutting time, he's not enough. Because at some point, he's going to stop running. Those legs are, you know, even with Big Ben, the run stopped at one point. Right? Like, yeah, he was a a tank to take down in the pocket. And he was quick enough to get out of the way. But he wasn't running anybody over anymore. And that's a big part of Josh Allen's game. Joe Burrow, that dude it has the mobility of a microphone stand after you smack it. He's got more blood so in him than people realize. But his game's not predicated on his legs. And he's found, and he's gotten better since he blew his ACL. They need an offensive line there to protect them. Because he's going to be a vegetable soon if he keeps taking hits the way he's taking them. He's going to look like carp after he blocked a shot in the Mighty Ducks. You know the part. You know the part of the movie I'm talking about. And if you're not and you're laughing, don't say you don't know the part of the movie. Right? This, these are the two teams that are supposed to be in the unholy trinity, if you ask me, of AFC teams. You know, Brady always had Peyton. There was only two teams. Baltimore and Pittsburgh, eh, eh, maybe. You know, they were kind of there. But it was like, oh, it's our turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. They weren't the three of them at the same time. They weren't the triangle there. This is a triangle now. You have the, this is the unholy threesome of the AFC. Kansas City, Cincinnati, and sure shit, Baltimore is still going, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. If you listen to the prognosticators, it was supposed to be Denver ascending, but, you know, we we all know how Sierra plays quarterback. 
And the Chargers, too. The Chargers are the other one that was supposed to be in that group, according to those experts. And all of it right now, like, I thought the Chargers were going to be in that class with the talent they have. But I was wrong. And um, they uh, lost to the Jaguars in the division – or, I'm sorry, in the super wild card round and uh, um, underachieved for the most part in the regular season. So uh, they're not even in that class with those teams as well. You know, and that's moving into that, right? Because we'll get to the coaching carousel. Let's do one more break, and then we'll hit that. We'll come back. We'll do some of the coaching carousel stuff. One last break and one last pause for the cause. This is What's Brewing in Football on 100 Mix FM, the What's Brewing Radio Network. To some people, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much. But that's not necessarily true. By six months, they're combining vowels and consonants. By nine months, they're trying out different kinds of sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on some meaning especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. The following is made possible by Dad. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling all over it. <laughs> the Dad Joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. Why do you have to be careful when it's raining cats and dogs? Because you might step in a poodle. <laughs> and kids that spend more time with their dads grow up to be smarter, more successful. Can I tell you a cat joke? Just kidding. <laughs> and with any luck, funnier adults. Why didn't the skeleton go to the dance? Because he didn't. Hi, this is Bob Sosie, the voice of the Patriots, and you're listening to the What's Ruining Sports Radio Network. <laughs> Welcome back to the What's Ruining What's Ruining Sports Radio Network here on 100 Mix FM. George Brew, Madison Miller. Uh, before we get to our predictions and all that Madison's gambling corner, um, there are coaching jobs available, right? And, and there's a ton of coordinator jobs, a ton of there's five head coaching jobs, which which seems like a short number, but then again, you realize like outside of Belichick, Tomlin, and Harbaugh, everybody's gotten fired in the last like, five years, um, and teams are. Houston's like, ah, we don't care. We'll fire a coach every damn year if we have to. Um, I, for one, Madison, am shocked that nobody's been hired yet. And it doesn't even seem like there's anybody like the rumor of anybody in the pipeline. But the rite of passage is that Eric Bieniemy is not going to get a job this year because God only knows what the reason is. Oh, maybe because everybody's realized that. Andy Reid still calls the plays there. Somebody, anybody. 
Why is it? Why is it nobody's been hired yet? It is interesting and, about oh, by, the enemy. Yeah. What are you saying, by the way? What? Oh, and, oh, and by the way, Jim Harbaugh fleeced Michigan out of more money by putting his own name into the um, in, his own hat into the ring for a couple of jobs. Shocker. Right. You're going to see the Harbaugh thing year in and year out. And I have a reason for why the uh, coaching carousel is not really picked up yet. Go ahead, because I, I, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a loss at this point. Because usually somebody's been rumored or linked or, hey, we're just waiting for our team to lose. Um, my conspiracy theory is that it's the Sean Payton thing that's holding it up. I think that everybody wants Sean Payton. And New Orleans is in control of this because um, they are obviously wanting something back for Sean Payton. They want a first-round pick for Sean Payton. And I don't know who is willing to give up a first-round pick for Sean Payton. Is Carolina? Maybe. Um, is Denver? Is and, oh, by the way, Denver does have, Denver does have a first-round pick because they got it from Miami for Bradley Chubb, which happened to be the Niner pick that uh, they got in the Trey Lance deal a few years ago. Um, I don't think that uh, Sean wants to go to Arizona. Houston's a little bit more enticing, low-key, because of what they can do at the quarterback position as the number two pick. But if I'm Sean Payton, I don't know if I want to go to Houston. But then again, he went to New Orleans, and New Orleans was at the rock bottom, and he rebuilt that up. So that would be the comp if he went to Houston, and I don't see him going to Houston. I think it's going to be Carolina, personally, because I just think that uh, that's a weak division. Tom Brady may leave Tampa. They could use an upgrade as a quarterback position. Heck, maybe Tom goes to Carolina for what we know. You never know. Maybe Sean and Tom are a package deal. So my conspiracy theory on the coaching thing, I think Sean Payton is holding it up. And then after the Sean Payton domino falls, then – we um, get to see all these hired. And part of me thinks that, are we sure Mike McCarthy's safe in Dallas if they lose today, if they get blown out today? Like, is Mike McCarthy, like, in play to be fired potentially, even though they won back-to-back years with 12 games and such? And Sean obviously has the ties with Jerry Jones. So part of me thinks that Sean's waiting to see if Dallas becomes available, but I don't think Dallas is becoming available. I think that uh, Mike McCarthy, is, um, as much as I think he's a flawed coach, I think Jerry has uh, seen enough where he's earned another year. Jerry, Jerry to me, is always the weird one. <laughs> like it always is. Um, if they get blown out today and they don't look good, yeah, I to me is Payton going to Carolina? Yeah, I know this guy can this guy could pay him. You know this this guy could pay him. Um, no, why? I don't think New Orleans ever trades him into. Just yeah, we're saying we're trading coaches. I don't think New Orleans ever trades him in division. Right, like this wasn't like when the Patriots signed Bill Belichick. 
where the Jets signed Bill Parsons, right? Like, and there's tampering and all that crap, you know, like, that, that, that's one thing. How much longer is Payton available? Right, how much longer is Sean Payton under contract? Does he sit out another year? You know, and say, well, I don't want them to get anything. But he also went, let's not forget, when he went to New Orleans, he wasn't Sean Payton. Like, yeah, he was great with the Giants when he, you know, the 41 to nothing year and all that. And Really, the Giants probably should have held on to him, you know, and not pissed him off. Um, or is he going to be the guy who turns into Urban Meyer? Like, we, every once in a while, you still have Bill Cowher's name. You still hear Tony Dungy's name available. Like, these are just, at this point, their names. Like, if Belichick ever steps down and, and from New England, you're going to hear Belichick's name. Right? Like... I don't know if – I think the pain domino is one of them. I think I think you're 100% right. I think that's what teams are waiting for because they don't want to be like – they don't want to get dogged by their fan base or dogged by their local sports media going. You had a shot at Sean Payton, you didn't get it. But really, is Carolina trading nine for him? No. Because why would he want to do that? Like, that's why Den- – that, even with Denver – Right? If Denver No, Miami doesn't have a first round pick this year. They weren't allowed to trade a first round pick. Their first round pick got taken away from them in that controversy with the with Stephen Ross, but they had one from yeah. San Francisco because of that's the right. Purdy or not the Purdy, Trey Lance. And then Oh yeah, that's right. They no, you're right. Traded it. They traded it to Denver for Bradley Chubb. Yeah, that's right. You know what it is? I'm trying to read, like, trades. And I'm, I'm just looking at it because, of course, Wikipedia is the best one going. San Francisco traded its first round selection to Miami. Miami and traded it to – but it says, like, San Francisco. So Miami has a – Philly has New Orleans as first. That's why New Orleans wants a first. They don't have one. Houston has two and 12. If I'm Houston, I don't give up two. I give up 12. Yes, you give up 12 if you're Houston. New Orleans, by the way, doesn't have a first rounder this year because they traded it to Philly so they can move up for Chris Olave. Yeah. Yeah. So Philly's going to, the rich, you know, it's funny. Howie Grossman's done such a good job. And, and it almost sounds like, like, you know, the early 2000s when it's like, oh, the Patriots, of course they get fucking Vince Wilfork. The rich get richer. You know, the Giants take, uh, what the hell, who's the guy who the Giants took? Um, the defensive tackle from Miami. Like, they drafted Chalky one year, and then they drafted this guy the fucking next year, and Vince Wilfork was still on the board. Oh, shit. Why can't I remember it? Madison, you remember? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat this right now. 
offensive tackle Miami. I'm going to cheat this one right yeah. now. Um, oh, I'm cheating. I already cheated it. I'm right. uh, William Joseph. William Joseph, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Will Fork was an O Fork. Um, that was a good draft. Yeah, the Giants draft to William Joseph with, uh, let's see, who's still on the board when they draft? Anquan Bolden. And they got uh, in the second round. Wasn't worse. Jason Witten. Imagine if they got Witten and Shockey. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, like, it, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's tough. Because you just don't know what they're going to do. You know, it's like, I don't think Wink Marndale goes anywhere. Because I think, I think if he was going somewhere last week was the week to get it. And if I'm the Giants, I don't really want him to go anywhere. Like, I know you have to, it's really bad if you don't give a guy permission. The coordinator, I think this year the coordinator market is even more interesting than the head coaching market, right? Because the teams that fired head coaches this year are teams are Houston, Arizona, Indy, Denver, Carolina, right? Like that's the five jobs that are open. I don't know if you'd want to work for Carolina because I don't think you have a long enough string there. I don't think you want to work for Denver there because again, these are people with money who don't care about firing coaches, Right. Houston, that place is a fucking dumpster fire. Right? Like, that, they're just dumpster fire. Indy, oh, boy, is that a dumpster fire. There's not a good job. Like, there's no good job. Arizona's not a, you know, Arizona's got a quarterback that they can't even, that, that, that they overpaid and they don't even think they want anymore. That's the sad part. Kyle Murray could become available depending on who becomes the head coach there. I think the long shot that Kyler is available this off season, personally. I just think that the owners want to keep him because it's Kyler Murray and they paid him all this money. I don't think Sean's and they going made there. It. Like, yeah. Like, I don't think Sean's going there. I don't think Sean's going to Denver because I think – I don't think Sean could put up with Russell Wilson's bullshit. Like – you're going to have to find – like, Pete Carroll was the perfect coach to coach with him, and even Pete Carroll got fucking sick. Team three shit. And even when, like, all the players on the team were sending out tweets in support of him, it was like, you're all writing the same shit. It's like you're all copying each other's fucking homework. Um, so that's that part. Coordinators are – I think the more more interesting story because I think I think coordinators are really what drives football teams now. Um, New England's finally looking for an offensive coordinator. And oh, by the way, why is Bill O'Brien hired yet? Because Bill O'Brien thinks he could possibly get a head coaching job. Hmm, that's an interesting nugget right there. Like, I was just thinking about Bill O'Brien when you mentioned the Patriots offensive coordinator position. That's who I think is the front runner for that job because of his past ties with Bill. But his past ties he, with Bill, his past ties with Mac Jones, his past ties with Damian Harris, 
Should I go on? And, and there's a lot of get. who got him the job in Alabama. Yeah. After Dable left, isn't it amazing how Bill, like Bill Belichick, uses Nick Saban to like rehabilitate coaches? I'm shocked Joe Judge didn't end up there. No, he ended up as the quarterback coach for the Patriots, or whatever hell he was. And Matty P didn't end up there. Oh, no, he became the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Oh, Jesus, on a quarterback in his second year in the league. Good job, Bill. boy. It used to be in Bill, we trust him. Bill, we go, yeah, maybe now. But the Jets need I mean, a new Bill offensive O'Brien. coordinator. And how do you – Bill O'Brien is a upgrade over Joe Judge and Matt Patricia at that spot. I think that he does end up back in New England. And the Jets' offensive coordinator spot's interesting. They talked to um, uh, Joe Brady, who's actually the quarterback's coach for in or for uh, Buffalo. I almost said Indianapolis. I don't know why I just almost said that. But the wild card here is just a fun little subplot of this. So Joe Brady is Josh Allen's quarterback coach right now. He used to be Joe Burrow's offensive coordinator at LSU. It's amazing when how far he fell. Because when he yeah. came out of Alabama, when he came out of LSU, like they were like, he was like the next big thing. He was Sean Payton before, you know, he was this year racing Sean Payton. And then he goes to Carolina. It really doesn't work. Why? He didn't have a quarterback. And now he's now he's with Herbert, and yeah, it's not the best idea. Why is he the quarterback coach and not the offensive coordinator? Because as we've learned, if you get fired from one job, they have to pay you in that job, and they can pay you in a lesser job, and whatever. Yep, yep. Giants are paying Joe Judge, not the Patriots. <laughs> Giants are paying him whatever point, whatever, and the Patriots are paying him like two hundred thousand. Why? Because this is how the NFL works. But, like, can you imagine how the convert? Because I, 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 I can almost envision the conversation for Jet Offensive Coordinator. Would have to be, can you fix Zach Wilson? Do you want to work with Zach Wilson? That's the, that's the problem with with interviewing for the jet job. It was like for interviewing for the giant job last year. We all knew Dable was getting the job as, as soon as they hired Joe Skihoin, right? Like it, that, that was like a foregone conclusion. And that's why Brian Flores is suing them. Well, at some point somebody's going to have to go, I can't fix Zach Wilson. He's a mental midget. He's Johnny Manziel. He's Josh Rosen. I don't want a quarterback that's got money. I want a guy that's hungry. Tom Brady's got money. Tom Brady's family has money, but they don't have, like, Zach Wilson family money. They don't have Johnny Manziel family money. They don't have uh, Josh Rosen family money. You know, that's why, like, the whole funny thing is, like, when Tom Brady says, oh, I want to go, am I going to go sign insurance, sell insurance? Yeah, it's going to work for his dad's company. I didn't really have to worry about it. Like he was gonna get a job somewhere, you know. <laughs> well, I digress. That's that's the topic for not today. All right. 
got a couple minutes left here on the show. George Nelson Miller here on the uh, West Bruins. What's Bruins football on the West Bruins Sports Radio Network on Hundred Mix FM? Here's a question. I think we've kind of given away our picks for the game. games today. I think we both are on the Bengals. I think we both are on the Niners. So it's time for Madison's Gambling Corner. What bets do you put in today that are sure to go wrong? Sure so to go wrong. you feel really confident about that. <laughs> what what would be like this is to – yeah, like the overconfident uh, bets that you have for today. All right. I'm just pulling up uh, of my football bets for today. All right. So I took a contrarian under 49 and a half in the Bengals bills for today. Um, I laid a unit on it. Um, and by the way, like for me, one unit is $100, two units, 200, uh, half unit, 50, quarter unit, 25. But, like, I'm just on a roll right now. I've been on a roll over the last month, maybe. Yeah, at least a month betting, I've been red hot. Since the college football bowl season, I've been on fire betting. So, like, my um, betting numbers, meaning, like, how much I've bet has gone up because of how well I've been doing. So, under 49.5, confidence level, mm, I'm not super confident in this one, but the case for it is – that the Bengal offensive line injuries um, end up hurting them more than we think. Um, The team both um, run the ball and uh, move down the field and milking clock factors into this under pick a little bit as well. Um, I usually do projections on my podcast. I'll talk about my podcast at the end of the show a little bit in terms of how you can find it. But um, under 49 and a half, I usually project totals based on, like, averages, like points per game, points against averages, and add them up and divide them up. And my projection was, like, 46-ish, 46 and a half. So I took the under in that game. I also took a, a dab at the Bengals money line at plus 205. I just literally put it in maybe a half an hour ago. Um, I just think that Cincinnati's going to win the game, like, George and I have been talking about it all day. Um, Joe Burrow's just playing out of his mind. He's better than Josh Allen. Um, the game being played during the day, I think, helps Cincinnati. So I really do like the Bengals plus 205. Um, I also did a same game parlay for today that has five things in it, 10 and a half. I took the total down from 49 and a half down to 44 and a half and took the over. So it's kind of like hedging that um, under bet a little bit. Um, Joe Burrow, 300-plus passing yards is an alternate line. Um, alternate rushing yards, 70-plus for Joe Mixon. And any time touchdown score for T. Higgins, it's the same game parlay I did on FanDuel. That comes out to uh, a little over 27-1. to 1. So that's a lot of fun. And then um, – the night game I'll get to in a second. Um, do you like any of those that I gave out? Yeah, I do. I, well, obviously, we both like the Bengals to win. So, yeah, I like that one. The same game parlay is interesting because um, you can – it's just more fun to bet 
Yeah, I, yeah, I'm on. I'm right with you on this. I was actually in my account trying to trying to play some good things. Yep, I'm good. There you go. So yeah, FanDuel has some great same game parlay stuff. So does DraftKings, but I'm more of a FanDuel user than a DraftKings user. But um, DraftKings I like to use for NASCAR and sometimes golf. But golf I like FanDuel. NASCAR I use for DraftKings. Um, there's some other things I like on DraftKings better than FanDuel, but FanDuel I like better than DraftKings for football for sure. Um, and then for the uh, the second game, I have the 49ers minus three and a half against the Cowboys. That's at my I got it at minus 114. You might still be able to get it at minus 114 on FanDuel. Um, and then a same game parlay I have. Four legs. I love it. Cowboys plus ten and a half. So hedging a little bit on my San Francisco minus three and a half, like I alluded to earlier. And it's also a hedge on a three leg champion parlay I did with the 49ers in football. And I'll give away the basketball and the hockey ones. I have the Bucks in here at plus five fifty for the NBA in the Vegas Golden Knights. I know you would like that one, George. It was nine to one. So that three leg yeah. championship parlay I did of the Niners, the Bucks and the Golden Knights in each football, basketball, and hockey turned out to be 389 to 1. So the Cowboys plus 10 and a half in the same game parlay is a little bit of a hedge to that bet as well. Um, and then mm. over 44 and a half in the same game or in the Cowboy game. Brandon Ayuk, anytime touchdown. And then the last leg of this four-leg same game parlay in the later game tonight, Brock Purdy alternate passing yards 275 plus. I think Purdy's going to have a big day in the air. So that's why I really like that. And I scored last week, so I thought that was a good value in terms of a uh, anytime touchdown that I threw into the same game. And then uh, Cowboys up to 10.5 in an alternate spread and the total down to 44.5 to take the over. I like the anytime touchdown bet. Because they get IU the ball in so many different ways. It's just like Debo. Um. I actually saw on uh, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, one of them, one some social media, um, this guy had uh, Travis Kelsey, first touchdown scorer, Dallas Goddard, first touchdown scorer. I think he has Dawson Knox, and then I forget who he's got in the late game. And it was like whatever it was, and it was like a million-dollar winner. And I forget what he had bet on it. And he's like, I should probably keep going, right? And I'm like, hey, you got ten, maybe you have 10 bucks on I'm like, no, if you have 10 bucks in, you could cash out right now and make 650 bucks. Go ahead there. And I'll put a dent in your Pinto payment, pal. Um, yeah, it, it's, it gets crazy. Um, yeah, it's actually... I do like the Golden Knights pick, mess. I'm not going to lie. I know. I knew you'd like that one. I, I, I want to go with the uh, hockey one that had, like, I think, value. So I went with that one. And I took the Bucks because that was my preseason pick. And uh, it's a bet on Giannis, pretty much. Just like the 49er bet was the bet on the talent. The Bucks was yeah. the bet on Giannis. And then, cool. the, and then the Golden Knights, I threw in that um, three-way championship parlay as I like to call it, because I think that they have a deadline moving them. But that's another podcast for another day with hockey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that'll be when What's Brewing in Sports gets going. Um, for us, 
Thank you for listening. Check out. Oh, before we go, I'm sorry. We teased this at the beginning of the show, but we want to welcome Madison to the 100 Mix FM family. Her show will start soon um, as soon as we get all the kinks ironed out here. Madison, the floor is yours. All right, yeah, I'm honored to be a part of the uh, 100 Mix XM family. I'm getting right me. Um, looking forward to uh, starting the, uh, my show with you guys. It'll be the Madison Miller Show. Um, I do have my own podcast. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Anchor. You can find it on Google Podcasts. It's called the Madison Miller Podcast. I record usually Monday through Friday, have a regular show, go over what goes on in sports and whatnot. And then I also – it's a lot of betting stuff in the podcast as I give out picks. I don't bet on everything I give out on the show. I only bet on what I call at the end of the show, and I give out my best bet. That's the only thing I usually bet on in the show. But every other pick I give out in my regular segments, like, say, the um, NBA and NHL segments, I just give them out for you guys just because to make you guys money and such. And it's not just the sports podcast. I do do a little bit of pop culture and, uh, entertainment in there as well if I have the time for it but it's mostly a sports show but um, and also I have guests on my show too George has been on several times I love having George Avi talk a bunch of stuff especially yeah, you show me on more often. yes but you should be on more often we'll um, set up another uh, podcast for you as, uh, soon once um, I, I have time for it um, so yeah <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to be a part of this team and I'm looking forward to it all right, Madison, you are a um, treasure member. We're glad we were able to bring you over. Yeah, other than that, we thank you all for listening today. Head on over to 100mixfm.com for the George Brew Project. I'm getting to spin some one. I'm doing the spinning on the one and twos starting at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern here. Y'all are going to get into a glimpse into the crap that I listen to. This is, could be fun. Madison, thank you. We'll figure out next Sunday. We'll be on uh, probably same bad time, noon, 1 o'clock, somewhere in there. And then uh, we'll make the official launch of uh, – I can't believe the Devils have an official skincare. Um, but, yeah. All right. That's it for the show today, kids. 100mixfm.com for the best of the 80s, 90s, 2K, and today, and, oh, hell, when I do a show, you know there's going to be some 70s in there, because I'm an old fart. Madison, talk to you in a little bit. Thanks for everybody for joining. Have a great night. Enjoy the football, kids.